Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live Third Parties Podcast. Free Press Media Press, Inc., a third party's books publisher, sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bichard. Friends, I got some motivation for you to act today. So let us put that on the table. Friends, have you ran for office? I have ran for office before. In fact, on many of the web pages I go to of third parties, they recommend running for office. It was a long time ago when I ran for office. It was in 2000. So we as third parties rock when we run for office. Even when we don't win, we rock. Back then, I was going to college in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. So I ran for county board. County board in Portage County, Wisconsin is a nonpartisan race. So even though I was voting for third parties at the time and I started the autonomy party in 2000, I can't remember for sure when the race was if the autonomy party was started for sure. I believe it was in early 2000 when I unveiled the platform. I did it at one of the conferences, so you can maybe consider that the start of the autonomy party. The reason I'm recommending this is because it's good for us. And the reason I am considering whether I was starting the autonomy party when I ran for office is because are we considering this a third party run? Even if it wasn't a third party run, I highly recommend it. Still, we want to advance third parties whenever we can. Whatever the case may be, when I ran for office, I loved the experience. I had a friend, an associate, a fellow activist, whose father was a Democratic Party state senator. So this associate gave me a lot of unsolicited advice about what I should do. Basically, he suggested that I should have put more into it. I should have focused more. He said I ran the campaign half-assed. Now, mind you, it was not because I was lazy then. I would hate to think I'm lazy or unambitious. Perhaps it was the opposite. I was involved in a number of activities and I had loyalty to that. For example, one night before the election, that associate of mine recommended that I get a push in getting people to vote, but I wanted to attend one of my activist group meetings. So perhaps in retrospect, he was correct, as he argued that the election was more important than the meeting. That's a tough call. Still, it pays to focus. People have told me that a number of times over the years, and that's a life lesson. So when we run campaigns, we can certainly learn lessons and apply later. There may come a time, someday in the future, now it's 2021, as I record this, that I run again and I can apply those lessons. Focus is indeed important. I had a business consultant who said you can't focus 100% on two things at once. Like many people, I was working an outside job while having 
a side business. And I wanted to go full time. She was saying you can't do both at the time. You can never give 100% to both of them. She said you can give 100% of yourself to romance, 100% to business, but you can't do 100% to two different career things at once. Practically speaking, this challenges many people. But fortunately, I was in a position where she said I should go full-time. And I made it happen. Why does this pertain to running an election? Because when people run elections, they often have a full-time job. Even the richest politicians are not full-time campaigners. So they have an outside job. So how do they do that? Given this insight of the consultant of mine, how can we third parties do this at the same time? How can we put both things into perspective and do them right? People often recommend delegation. Indeed, delegation could work. If you're a leader of a business, you could delegate most of the things to a vice president or another fellow officer and then run your campaign full time and when campaign is over you can come back in. If you've done things right, that could be a wise strategy. Also another thing we got to consider is this day and age. I did listen to a Republican Party campaigning podcast by a guy named Roz Schaefer. Obviously I don't agree with his party on a lot of things and I don't support the Republican Party. Still, I can learn from how people run campaigns. And sometimes there are things I agree with the Republicans on. He often recommended you have to go out there and shake people's hands, shake people's hands. Obviously, in a pandemic, that's off the table. Now, I haven't seen him have any later podcasts discussing this, so I don't know how he recommends going about that. And I've wondered how third parties go about this. So that's something also to consider. So let's consider how we're going to do this full-time while not putting aside a career and also while being aware of the climate we're in. Now, most people don't think the pandemic, as bad as it is, is going to last forever. The Spanish flu didn't last forever. So, this is probably not going to last forever. And maybe someday, the old way of campaigning, we can go back to. Maybe, just maybe, it is possible to do a full-time political campaign and also run a business, given that insight of mine by that consultant, because a campaign and a business are two separate realms, or at least they can be. So let's think about this. Another important lesson. I didn't win my race. I got 48 votes, and the other guy, the Democrat, got 79 votes. Perhaps that associate was right. I didn't give it enough attention. Perhaps if I did give it 100%, then... I could have won the race. 
and that would have been a remarkable thing. A lot of people talked about how in the area at the time, the districts were largely students, but students had no representatives on the county board or the city council. Also, I'd like to note, I never have considered myself one of the most popular people, but still, I got 48 votes, and that's a significant amount. The 48 people could have not voted for me, so I thank them for voting for me. Good job, guys. You rock. Also, consider this. A lot of popular Republicrats and Democrats didn't run for office, and they got no votes. So popularity is not the only thing. you got to actually do something with it. I had another associate who was a Green Party member. And later he would run for city council. And guess what? He won. Now motivation, from my experience, is something that's very broad. When we're motivated to act, there's a lot of different factors that motivate us. So it's hard to pin down one thing. Still, I want to believe to some extent in some percentage, him running for office was influenced and inspired by me running for office prior to him. He won. And that goes to show, even if you don't win, you can inspire people in the future to act. Also, I'd like to point out, after I won the election, the guy who beat me, who was in the office for 19 years, and at the time, I was a little older than 19. He resigned from his position because he was moving out of the district. So therefore, not only did the county board open up, and the city council opened up. So I put my name in the hat for the county board position that I ran for previously in the city board position the city council position. Because it was a special election, they didn't, the Democrats that controlled the city and the county, they didn't let me get in. But it goes to show you can still run for office. I believe it was one of the student government people who reminded me to run for office in the special elections. I don't remember exactly how I heard about that for the first time. So friends, we got lessons here. Some people say, also, you shouldn't be too young to run. Maybe I was too young. I'm not saying I regret it. I definitely don't because it was a good thing. Still, I've learned a lot since then. Robert Bly says you shouldn't start your life mission until you're 35 years of age. I think that is a wise insight. It's hard to swallow because you feel like you're doing a lot before you hit 35, but once you hit 35 is when a lot of things come more crystal clear, at least if you're living right. Obviously, there's a lot of old people who are living in a wrong way and they're not in touch or in tune with their life mission. But for those of us that are striving towards those ends, Robert Bly's recommendation makes sense. It is wisdom. And perhaps that's why our founding fathers 
make it so you can't run for office until you're 35. You can't run for senator until you're 30. You can't run for House of Representatives until you're 25. 25 and 30 might be too young, but the principle behind that is you have to develop some wisdom to hold a position of power because you can make a big difference. So friends, let us take these insights that I have developed through my experience and other people develop through their campaigns and we can apply this for third parties. Also, it doesn't hurt to learn from the mistakes and the failures and also the successes and the wisdom of the two parties. Now, we don't support them as third parties, but we can learn from them and see what they did right and what they did wrong. I'm learning stuff from Joe Biden. How he has achieved his success. One lesson there is patience. He ran for office in 1988 the first time. Now it's 2021. That's a big gap between the two. So he didn't get his mission the first time around, but he patiently waited and then he got it ultimately in the end. So friends, let's consider that. And we can also look to other successful third parties. Even when the elections are nonpartisan, as mine was, if you're affiliated with a third party, the third parties often consider it wins. The third party pages like of the Alliance Party, the Libertarian Party, and the Green Party list their electoral successes, and they often include city council races that may be technically nonpartisan. So we can still rejoice, friends. We can still rejoice. So how will this inspire you? Will you run as a third-party candidate someday? If the circumstances are right, if I get a divine calling, I may do it again. It was a good experience. So friends, let's get inspired. Long live third parties. Goodbye.